0: You're listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. This is where real faith meets real change. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play Music to get instant notifications when new episodes are available to stream. You can also visit our website, parischappellasvegas.com, to find out more info about PCLB, and visit our event tab to see what's going on this month. Lastly, like our Facebook page and follow us on Instagram at PCLasVegas. Thank you again, and enjoy the message. at some level or another in their lives. And most people really never get help. They just fight the battle. Amen. Amen. I advertise for a that defined the symptoms of depression as of this. Depressed mood, fear, suicidal thoughts, excessive tiredness, feeling of rejection. That if you experience some of these symptoms for nearly every day for at least two weeks, you're probably suffering from depression. I'm not saying that you are, but you might be suffering from depression. Like I said, you just read, every day in two weeks, you're probably suffering from depression. See, all these, there's all kinds of different depressions that people go through. So what I can tell you today is a very real problem. Amen. So real that the depression is a problem in the church as well. Come on. Men and women of God... Go through depression. Come on, somebody say amen. Come on. And so let's look how a man of God who dealt with depression at one point of his walking with God and how God helped him through. How many want some help today? You know, we we all all in, in difference of our lives, we have gone through depression. We've gone through sad times and discouraging times in, in our lives, amen. And it comes, it comes and goes. But sometimes these, these things can settle in, and, and like I said earlier. We, we, don't, we don't get the help that we need. We don't talk to nobody. We just fight it through. That's how we're made. We, we fight and we're, no one's ever taught us. that We know, share your feelings and your thoughts. Come on, come on. Wives say amen. Hallelujah. Our husbands are so closed up, they don't share nothing, amen. And they try to fight the battle on their own and vice versa with our, our ladies. And so let's look at a man of God who was depressed. At one point in the life, amen, a powerful man of God, but God helped them through it. And I believe that he's going to help us through. Can somebody say amen? I want you to turn to 1 Kings chapter 19. And I'm going to read a, quite a number of scriptures here, amen. And so if you haven't read the word through the week, amen, then you're going to be caught up today, amen. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to read verses 1 through 6 out of the New Living Translation. I'm going to skip down to verses 8 through 11. And I'm going to skip down to 15 and 18. So I'm going to jump around, amen, in this in this passage of scripture. But it, it, it reads like this, amen, then Ahab got up. Somebody said he got up. And he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way that he killed the, all the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent a message to Elijah, may, God, may the God strike me and even kill me, that by this time tomorrow I have not killed you, just as you killed them. And Elijah was afraid and he fled for his life. So he went to uh, Beshera, a town in Judea, and he left his servants there. And then he went alone into the wilderness, traveling all, all day. And then he sat underneath a, a solitary broom tree, and he prayed that he might die. I had enough, Lord. He said, take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors who already died. So he laid down, and he slept under the broom tree. But when he was sleeping, or as he was sleeping, the angel told him, Touched him and told them, get up and eat. Somebody look at a neighbor and say, get up and eat. Now I'll go down to verse 8. 8 through 11. It says this. So he got up and he ate and he drank. And the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai. Uh, my, I'm sorry. Mount Sinai, the mount of God. And there he, he came and he went into a cave where he spent the night. But the Lord said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And Elijah replied, I have zealously served the Lord Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, tore down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. Now, if you go down to verse 15, it says, the Lord said to him, or told him, go back the same way you came and travel to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive there, anoint he, uh, Hazel the king of a, uh, to be king of Aram. In verse 18, if you go back back down, it says, Yet I have preserved 7,000 others in Israel who have never bowed down to Baal or to kiss him. Amen. A lot of scripture there, amen. But we find Elijah, if you really look and, and, and listen to what I said, or, or if you looked at the monitors of, of the words who were out there, we see that Elijah is going through a lot of stuff here. Can somebody say Amen. Come on now, have you ever gone through stuff? Come on. I mean, we we, we go through things, and here Elijah's got a lot of things going on, but everything that I've just read, you can see there's all kinds of symptoms of depression. We see that he's hit with fear. 1 Kings uh, 19.3 says that Elijah was afraid, and he fled for his life. Elijah had suicidal thoughts, and he even prayed that he might die. 1 Kings 19.4 says this, I I had enough, Lord. Take my life. This is suicidal thoughts. Take my life. You know, I want to die, amen. I'm no better than my ancestors. He dealt with excessive tiredness. 1 Kings 19.5 that I read, it says that he laid down and slept under a broom tree. He slept for a couple days here, church, maybe even longer. Come on, we have any sleepers in the house? Come on, don't, don't look at them right now. How many know that that a lot of people sleep when they're depressed? They want to get away from everything. They'll they'll sleep for hours. They'll sleep, some people, for days. This is Elijah. Elijah also had the feelings of rejection. 1 Kings 19.10, Elijah replied, I have zealously served the Lord Almighty. But the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you. They have torn down your altars uh, and they killed every one of your prophets. And I am the only one left and they're trying to kill me too. You ever felt that like you thought you were the only one left? Come on, you ever felt that, man, no, man every, everyone's gone except for me. Elijah's experienced all these symptoms of depression for nearly, listen guys, two months. Which qualified this man of God of having Depression. Now, all this hit Elijah. you got to understand, if you know the story here of Jezebel and the prophets of Baal, amen. Elijah was used in a mighty way for God, amen. He just preached one of his greatest sermons of his life. Come on, he confronted 400 prophets of Baal on the Mount Carmel. And he exposed all of these prophets as false prophets, And because of Elijah's faith, God literally sent fire from heaven and burned down the altars. He prayed for rain and God sent down a downpour upon the land which haven't seen rain for more than three years, church. And so you see uh, this man of God, amen, was used powerfully, amen. God moved in a powerful way in his his faith, amen. Uh, Come on, takes down, calls fire from heaven, Come on, let me tell you, if you've seen fire from heaven come down, let me tell you, they'll get your attention. And here he is, he says, well, you call on your God and we know the false prophets he was talking to and I'll call on my God and and whoever sends fire first is the real God. Of course, the false prophets prayed and prayed and did their little dance and all this other stuff, nothing happens. All Elijah did was like this, show him and walked away. Bam! That is a bam right there. That's a boom. That's a hashtag boom right there. That is a boom right there, amen. You know, right there, he had enough faith and enough confidence to say, God showed them. As you heard the message before, my God showed up. Come on. Oh, that don't excite you. My God showed up, amen. Your God shows up, amen, if you have faith for him, in him, amen. But the quick, big question is, church. How can a man who preached such an awesome message and experienced most, 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 one of the most powerful displays of God's power suddenly get crippled, listen, by fear, crippled by hopelessness, Sorry. crippled by despair by a little woman named Jezebel. Now, I know that some women can be really scary. And don't look at them right now. Amen. Well, come on now. Great man of God, great faith, and get scared of a little woman. And this little woman sends a message. And he says, by the end of tomorrow, I'm going to kill you. And so what does this man of God do? Get scared. And runs like a little dog with his tail between his legs. And goes under a tree and says, kill me, I want to die. She's after me. <laughs> I mean, I probably there's all kinds of other reasons behind the fact. But the fact does, does remain that this man of God fled from this little woman. And the point is, church, and what God is trying to tell us today that even God's most powerful servants can suffer from depression. Even coming to a powerful church like PCLV, I think this is a powerful church. (laughs) Christians can still suffer depression. Not necessarily the fact that you lack faith because Elijah had faith. Not necessarily because of sin because Elijah was a man of God and he lived as a man of God. Back in the day during that time, Elijah was the man. This guy was the man happening at that time. But here Elijah falls so far in despair, and he's walking around with his head down. Because of a little woman that put fear inside of him. You ever felt like that? You ever felt like in life, you just feel like you're just, you're just walking around like this? I was just going, okay. I've been all right. Come on, and you know, I mean, there's people, you, you ever just sat down somewhere, amen, and you're just. Let me tell you, I study people all the time. On my job, I'm looking at everybody, and I, I catch people like that. And I figure, I wonder what she's going through or he's going through because they, they and then you kind of talk to him and they're like, hey, what's going on? Uh, yeah, yeah. Really? Some of you guys are like that right now. Hey, hey, I'm over here. I'm over here. Focus. Amen. So you guys, you're already gone. I like being the preacher because I see everybody's face. Amen. I get entertained at times. Today, I, I want to minister a message, and man, my wife didn't know nothing, nothing what I preach. I don't tell her what I'm preaching about. I may give her the subject or something like that. But the title of my message, which was the word of God that came over, stop looking down or looking up. Start look, stop looking down and start looking up. Tell somebody, look up. It's a new day, church. You know, I, I'm sorry for the things that you go through. I'm sorry for what you're feeling. And, I, and God, I'm not taking light of it, and God does not ignore it. But if we are men and women of God, we can't stay there looking down. We, we're going to have to look up, church. Come on, he saved us for more than that. Come on, God, there's victory in Jesus and more than that, amen. You know what's sad today is so many Christians walking with their head down with no victory, no power, and no, 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 nothing in their life. Yeah, Jesus, yeah, yeah, praise God. There's no, ugh. man, I'm like, dude, you're saved, dude. God saved you, delivered you from drugs, did all this stuff, changed your life around, and you're walking around moping, Amen. Just my wife's, like my wife said, he supplied your needs and you're crying about your wants. What a new car. (laughs) You know, you still got a car that works. Be happy. The time will come. We complain about so many things, church, that have really no, and then we get stuck there. And we get stuck there, my life sucks. Yeah, I got a good child. touch my life and my marriage is good. <laughs> Let me tell you, if I can go home to a happy wife, that's enough for me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Woo! Man. Woo! <laughs> man, imagine walking to a home. Yeah, hey, yeah, where were you? Do this, do this, cover that, cover that. Like, man, get away from me. Man, my wife's all right. God's moving her life. Woo! Praise the Lord. We're still complaining, even when that's in our home. Got to look up, church. Why? Because I have some good news today. God did not leave Elijah that way, and he does not leave you and I to that way, church. Let me tell you, church, God didn't come down and say, Elijah, I'm so sorry. You have a chemical imbalance, amen. The pill hasn't been invented yet, so I can't help you, Elijah. Figure it out. Sissy. I don't see my God doing that. He didn't do that. I want you to turn off the lights. Check this out. Praise the Lord. Come on. Give a little some praise. Amen. I remember that episode. Amen. But I'm here to tell you, church, that your answer is not in a pill or in a bottle. And I'm not saying that medicine is not good. God put doctors in this world, church. But long before, come on, for healing, long before all that, before the pill, before the clinics, before doctors, Long before all that, church, uh, it was God that healed man. It was God that healed man from depression. Let me tell you, 23 years ago, amen, it wasn't AA that healed me, amen. It wasn't even AAA that helped me, amen. Uh, come on, uh, one touch from God at the altar call delivered me from 20 from years of drinking alcohol, church. Uh, it was not a pill. It was not in a bottle, church. Uh, I didn't find my answer, amen. Uh, the pill didn't get me off. God was my healer. Jesus is your healer. And there are great things out there that help you to live healthy, church. But why don't we go back of the, the ancients of old and go back to the God that still heals. This is what God did for Elijah. This is what God did for me. And this is what God can do for you. Can somebody say amen? I want you to notice what God did for Elijah for depression. Are you ready? The first thing that he does, he sent an angel. Come on, God did not ignore Elijah. God did not write him off or say, I cannot help you, Elijah. But God, you got to understand, God cares where you're at. Come on, he cares what you're going through. Come on, Elijah's depression was not some imaginary problem. His depression, that time when he was going through, was very real to him. And so he sends him an angel. 1 Kings nineteen five says, but as he was sleeping, an angel touched him. Psalms 34, verse 7, New Living Translation says this, for the angel of the Lord is a guard. And surrounds and defends all those who fear him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. All the joys of those who take refuge in him. See, God answers Elijah's prayer to die because he was dealing with depression. And he sends an angel to wake him up and feed him. It was probably angel food cake, I'm assuming. Some of you guys will get that on the way home. God, listen, Church. When you're going through things and you're going through situations, God will always send someone your way. Come on, somebody say Amen. Come on. It may be an angel or an, or an angel through a person. It may be one of your kids. That when you're going through a season in your life, Amen. There's always someone that will send you'll send your way. There was there was a story of an illustration, Amen, of a person that was dealing in a flood, amen, and so he's standing on the top of his roof, amen, he says, you know what, I'm going to pray to my God, amen, that's going to save me, and so he stands on the roof with confidence, and all of a sudden this boat comes and says, you know, come on, he goes, no, no, God's going to save me, amen, a helicopter comes, amen, lowers down, he goes, no, no, get out of here, my God's going to save me, and all of a sudden the flood started going more and more and more deeper and he dies, And so he's in heaven, he's walking around, he's a saved man, loves God, but he had a question for God. And he says, what's up, dude? That's how mad he was, he called him dude. (laughs) Man, why did you let me die? You know, what's up with that? He goes, "You, you, you didn't send help. He goes, well, I sent a boat and I sent a helicopter and you ignored it. And sometimes we're just like that, amen, and we're going through our stuff and God sends people our way and we ignore them. So he sends them an angel. The next thing that God does, he sends Elijah to church. 1 Kings 19.8 9, says this, so he got up and he ate. This is after the angel. He sends the angel, wakes him up, says, hey, get up, eat. So he got up and he ate and drank and the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the Mount of God. See, God sends him to the Mount of God. Amen. This is where Moses received the Ten Commandments. These are where the laws of God were established. In verse 11 it says, go out and stand before me on the mountain. Let me tell you, church, that when you're going through something and you're having some problems in your life or maybe going through a season of depression... Church is the best place to be, amen, to deal with all that, amen. Don't stay home. Go to church. I mean, so many Christians, stay home because, you know, what I'm, I'm having a bad day or, you know, what I'm going through all this stuff. Then come to church. You're going to stay home with your thoughts. And the enemy will eat you up. And he'll use people in your house to make it happen. Come on, he'll use boyfriends and husbands and dogs and cats and whatever whatever happens. He's going to send somebody amen, to mess you up where you know that you should be in church and you stay home in your little problem. Don't go. Don't stay home, church. Get to church. Man, when you're going through stuff, man, I, I need to get to church. All about me, man. When I have a rough day at church and Wednesday's, at, man, I can't wait. I got to get to church, man. I got a bad day, man. I need Jesus. <laughs> now, there's times I'm praying for him. Oh, come on, come on. <laughs> man, I'm going through stuff, man. I, I said, man, I need to get to the house of God. I, I need me some church. I need me some worship. I need something. Church. You know what? When when church is done right, let me let me listen. Let me let me let me educate you. When church is done right, meaning when you come truly and you truly come to church and you empty yourself. I wonder if we emptied ourselves today. I mean, when you come with a mind and intention, I need to get a church, I'm going to empty myself, I'm going to worship God, amen, I don't care what I'm going through, I'm going through some hell, but you know what, if you truly do church right, amen, and you worship him, no matter what's in your life, and receive the word of God that's coming forth, let me tell you, my God will heal you and deliver you right there and then. You can leave this place different the way you came, church, if you do church right. Tell somebody, do church right. That's another shirt. We do shirt right at PCLV. Somebody better market this stuff, man. Come on, he, he did it for me. 23 years ago, amen. He delivered, he delivered me because I did church right. I went with the intention, God, I need my life fixed. My marriage is falling apart. I'm an alcoholic, God. I need you to do something. And I went in the intention of that service just to get saved. Because no other program was going to save me. A while back in the Duke of University conducted a study for on nearly 4,000 adults that when they attend a house of worship or when they go to church, the rate levels would drop on those dealing with depression and anxiety. Be honest, church. When you come and you do church right, don't you feel better when you leave? Come on. I'm telling you, you'll leave every time better if you do church right. If you come in with an attitude, ah, I'm just here, you're going to leave that way. Come on. If you come, if you come in and say, no, I'm, just, I'm here for her. Or, I've been coming for a long time, amen, and you still haven't done nothing for me. If we come up with an attitude that, you know what, you're not going to receive nothing, guess what? You won't. But if you came in this place said, God, I want something different. I, God, I want you to speak to my heart. God, I want to worship you. I want an experience that, you know what, it's different, amen. God will move upon your situation. And the church doesn't stop being the church because you leave it. I'm going, you got to take this home. Come on, because why? You are the church. Come on, I I can't wait till next Sunday. And I said, man, that's a long time sometimes. For those that don't come Wednesday and you go Sunday to Sunday, man, it's like, whoo! Man, some of you guys come all beat up, man. Like, whoa, this is a long week, Pastor Preacher. (laughs) I need help. But you got to be the church, man. you you got to take Jesus home with you, amen. Uh, Meaning, man, you're going to have to have your own little worship, amen. Uh, You're going to have to praise God. uh, You're going to have to read the word of God. uh, You're going to have to do some things. You're going to have to pray. Come on, somebody. Come on. Spending time with God in prayer and studying his word is the most powerful antidepressant. Going through some stuff, just read the word of God. Start praying. Let me tell you, you'll feel better. Yeah, we don't do that. I'm going to wait until Pastor does it. Because it's so hard. Hit my app and open it up and read. It's so hard. It's hard. I like when he does it for me and puts it on the screen. Then he reads it to me. I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Man, now you don't even have to search the scripture. You don't have to know where it's at. Just hit the app and find it. When we had the Bible, like I said, Old Testament, New Testament, I don't know, you know. You can just hit Genesis, whatever, and boom, and pop, boom. It's easy. And yet we still get lazy. (laughs) Read it to me. It has audio, too. Oh, my Lord. I didn't even know that. (laughs) Man, you can press audio and it reads to you. Oh, man. Poor you. (laughs) Your ears don't work. Oh, my Lord, audio just blew my mind right now. I use the audio portion when I can't pronounce words. <laughs> I'm like, what? I don't say that right. I just... Okay, there it is. Listen, church, having a prayer life, meditating on God's word will bring peace that will lower the risk of depression in your life. Come on, if you're just having a sucky day, a bad day, get into God's word and bring some joy back. Come on. Then God questioned Elijah. So he sends an angel, right? He sends him where? To church. And now he questions Elijah. Elijah uh, in verse, uh, 1 Kings 19, 13 says this. God asks Elijah, what are you doing here, Elijah? In other words, what's going on in your life? What's happening? What are you feeling? Uh, God questions Elijah, where are you at, son? Talk to me. The Greek word for therapy is talk healing. James chapter 5 verse 16 says this, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Verse John 1, 19 NIV says this, if we confess our sins, he is faithful. Somebody say he's faithful. And just and will forgive you of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. See, Elijah, listen, Elijah needed to speak what was going on in his life, amen. Elijah needed to explain how he was feeling, uh, to speak what he thought was the problem. So he sends an angel when he's sleeping and wants to die and wakes him up and feeds him, gives him strength. and says, get to church, son. Get to church, amen. Goes to church, amen. And goes, okay, what's going on? Ta- talk to me. See, some of you here today need to speak out. Come on, you need to voice out what you think is wrong in your life, amen. If you don't say anything, it only hurts you more down the road and you will start to assume things in your life. You see, once Elijah verbalized his belief, once he spoke what was wrong in his life, then God put him straight. He had crooked thoughts. Come on, Elijah was all just all, all messed up, amen. He was all like this. Now I'm not making fun of any person, amen, or people. But you ever see people walking into church like that? Hey, what's up, bro? <laughs> I mean, they're all crooked. They're all messed up in their mind. And so he, he explains it and, and God straightens them up. I mean, so many people, so many Christians walking in uh, so disabled, uh, so messed up in their mind, uh, so wrong in their thinking and their belief thoughts, amen, uh, amen, uh, because of problems and situations or the enemy, amen, and we walk into the church uh, all messed up. And once you start to speak or voice your complaint, God straightens you up and weeds out those things that are wrong in your life. You think it is her, you think it is your wife, you think it's no, 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 church. The devil's messing with you. Because our battle's not what? Against flesh and blood. The enemy's out to take you out, church. Don't forget, church. Once you get saved, the battle's on forever. <laughs> Come on, let's not get, get just saved and I'm going away, I'm going to heaven. Hallelujah. No more problems. No more No, no, no. What Bible are you reading? (laughs) Come on. You guys say, welcome trials. Hallelujah. Come on, welcome pain. All all this stuff, God's fixing us because we're messed up. He's straining us out. So it's going to take some time in our lives. The Bible only says that that when we go to heaven, then he'll wipe every tear from every eye. You'll have no more problem, no more pain. It's not until we get to heaven, church. While we're still here, the battle's on. It's real. We're going to, we, we we speak a real here church. I, I'm going to water down the gospel and say, I'll oh, give you to Jesus and you'll be okay. Man, we should just have, when they get saved, I'm going to shake their hands and say, "Welcome to trials and problems." <laughs> Hallelujah. But you know what? And He'll help you through. He'll help you through. He'll get you through. Let me tell you, church, even without God, you have trials and storms. They may not call them in the world like that, but you go through battles, storms, and all that stuff. So why not do it with Jesus who can help you out? Amen? See, once he straightened him, then God dealt with his false beliefs. Listen, church, false ideas were bringing on Elijah's depression. Depression. Jesus said in John 8.32, the truth shall set you free. See, false ideas, false beliefs, especially false ideas about God. Those things have the power to put us into bondage. Once you start believing on those thoughts that are false, church, it will sometimes lead you to depression. Assuming things uh, will bring on things that are not true for your life, church. A quote from someone said this, question everything and assume nothing and learn the truth. Because the truth will set you free. Come on, question everything, assume nothing, and learn the truth. Another quote says, people always assume, but they really never know. They never really know, church. See, our lives, say my life. Our lives are built about what we think is true about life. It's the truth. Whatever you think is true, that's what you build your life on. Come on, shake your head. I'm not talking strange language here, church. Come on, it's real basic right here. Come on, and if our foundation, listen, if our foundation of reasoning is based on wrong information, the results can be devastating. See, Elijah's reply to God revealed his false beliefs. Here, God says, I want you to talk to me, son. What's, what's going on? And so this is his reply to God. In 1 Kings 19, 14, it says this. He replied again, I have zealously served the Lord Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you. They have torn down your altars. They killed every one of your prophets, and I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. What, what's happening here is Elijah's accusing God. He's assuming He's saying, you know what, I've been serving you with all my heart. I've been going to church, amen, for now two weeks. (laughs) Or I've been going to PCLV, amen, I've been doing all this stuff. He says, I've been giving you my all. I've been beating my head against the wall for you, God, and everything seems to be falling apart in my life. What have you been doing, God? What have you been doing? It's supposed to be better, not worse. What's going on? Everyone's dead, and I'm the only one left, and they're trying to kill me too. And so God puts him straight, and he corrects his false belief, and he tells Elijah, you're not the only one left, dude. God tells us dude sometimes too, amen. He tells him in 1 Kings 19.18, God tells Elijah, yet I will preserve 7,000 others in Israel, who are just like you, that have never bowed down or kissed Baal. In other words, he tells Elijah, you know what? I haven't been sitting around doing nothing. I'll preserve 7,000 others just like you. You're not alone, Elijah. No matter how bad it looks, guess what? I'll always be there for you. Church, you've got to understand, he'll always be there for you. I don't care how bad your life is uh, panning out at this time. I don't, I don't care what you're going through right now. It doesn't mean that God has left you. God is always there for you. Church, you have to believe in the love of God even when it's not shown. You have to believe in God even when he doesn't speak. See, a person that is depressed, they think that God isn't doing anything. They, they, they think they have no hope, they have no confidence, and they think, you know what, my God doesn't see my life. You ever felt like that? Now, where are you at, God? Don't you see what I'm going through? Don't you see what's hitting my home? Don't you see what's hitting my marriage? What's hitting my, where are you, God? Come on, has anyone ever questioned God like that? Or am I the only one? You know, if he, he promised me things, I'm going to question him. What's going on here? Sometimes it's my fault. Sometimes it's other faults. Sometimes it's nobody's fault. But you got to understand here, church. Here you got to understand, you know what, when you're going through depression and when a Christian is going through depression, they think God left them. God's not doing nothing for my life. You're supposed to help me, God. Man, don't you see my life's falling all apart? Where are you? See, a person in depression needs to realize this, church, that God is still working in their lives. God's still working in your life, even when you don't feel him or see him. My God's there. My God's there. God is always there, church. The enemy is the one that tells you he left you. You know what? Your your, your life's falling apart because he's not there with you anymore. And he brings all these lies and accusations. And we start to assume, yeah, he did leave me. He doesn't like me no more. He didn't like the color of hair I dyed it. I don't know. (laughs) Or the new pants I bought. I don't know. (laughs) We think some dumb things, church. It's true. God loves whatever hair you got, man, even if you messed it up. (laughs) (laughs) You ever walk in and... Oh, how did you come out, girl? Oh, good, yeah. God says, you still look good to me. I'm not looking at you, baby. God don't care. Because all God sees is your heart. He sees a son. He sees a daughter. And he loves you. Even if you're unclean, even if you're messed up and tore up from the world, he's always there to say, I'm, I'm right here. I don't care what you've gone through. I don't care what that storm did. I don't care how messed up you are. I've always been here for you. He's the daddy that stays up waiting for you, not to scold you, but to love you. He's always there to embrace you. He's not there to tell you your wrongs. He's here to tell you, I'm going to help you through those wrongs. He's a good father, church. He's a great father. And he loves you. Don't ever, ever, ever let the enemy tell you that he doesn't or he stopped because he's never stopped. For God so loved the world that he sent what? His son, Jesus, to die for you. He didn't come to condemn the world. It goes on to say, but to what? Save the world. Why? Because he loves you. The Bible says, you know, why, why doesn't God come? Doesn't he see what's happening in our world? Why? Because he loves you. He says, you know what? My delay is because my kids haven't come home yet. I don't want no one to perish. I don't want no one to go to hell. Amen. So I gotta, I, I'm, I'm waiting. I see what's going on in the world. I see all the tragedy. I, I see all the deaths. I see all these things. But there's that one that's, that's going to come to me. I'm waiting for that one. I'm waiting for her. I'm waiting for her. You know, I'm I'm waiting. He's in anticipation. But he says, you know what? My delay is because there's people that haven't come home. And I don't want them to go to hell. Isn't God good? That he's waiting for you to stop being a fool? (laughs) To come home? That's a good God. I mean, us, we slam the door, see you, go find another place to live. Our God says the door's open for you anytime you want to come home. You want to stop playing the fool? I'll be here. Why? Because he loves us. See, when we're going through things, church, like that, and you feel that he left you, I'm here to let you know he hasn't. He loves you with a passionate love, man. I can't even explain his love. You think you know how to love? His love goes beyond because our love is limited, really, church. It really is, church. You say, ah, I love it, whatever. No, no, it's limited. When things don't go far away, we stop loving. We don't. God's love doesn't do that. This is unlimited, unconditional. Our, our, our love con- carries conditions. Come on, be right, real. Come on, it's all right. God's teaching us how to love those things that we didn't love before and love the people that we didn't love before. Don't look at them right now. But he he taught us that. (laughs) Come on. If we can be real, come on, there's certain things that we didn't like about people. Hello? God puts a love that we can look beyond those things and look at the heart of a person. See, God has teach me, look at the heart of that person. There's something beyond what you see outside. And see, we're so quick to judge that you know what? You don't even know their story. You don't know what they've been through. You don't know their upbringing. You don't know why they're there. Something happened that put them there. And you were so quick to judge them when God says, I'm, I just want the heart. Beyond all that stuff is still the little girl and the little boy that I loved and made. The world put all this front And God just takes those things, and sometimes it's layer by layer, just to find the boy or find the girl. And there's my little girl. That's my little boy. That's how much he loves us. When I came tore up at that altar 23 years ago, church, I came messed up. I mean, I had so much bitterness and hatred and love and didn't even believe in God, and all this stuff was just piled up. And he didn't look at me and say, ah, man, it's going to take some work, Now you, You're ugly. <laughs> look how beautiful I am now. I mean, I'm just playing. <laughs> I was just playing. <laughs> but, man, he, but, but he looked at me and he says, you know what? I can put you together. I, I can fix your life. And so as he's talking to me and saying, love you, I'm going to put your love, he's tearing things already off. I'm going to fix you, son. Don't worry about this. Your marriage will be all right. I'll deliver you. You're not going to struggle. You'll be all right. You call to me. Trust me. Give me your life. And he just took all this stuff off. And I left that altar church, I left with hope. I left with hope. You know what? My marriage is going to be restored. We're here today. God answered the prayers. got the man of her dreams. Hallelujah. (laughs) not a lie. You know it's true, girl. <laughs> last one real quickly. God gave Elijah something to do. So he sends an angel. Tells him to go where? Church. What else? What's going on? Talk to him. Amen. And the last one here, church. And then he puts him straight. Last one. He says, God gives Elijah something to do. When God finished putting him straight, after he corrected all his false beliefs, God basically tells him, get back to work. Tells Elijah, you know, I haven't ignored your depression. I've directed you back to my church. I've allowed you to question me. And I've corrected your false beliefs and your concerns. Now get back to do what you need to do in my kingdom. Get back to work. Get busy living instead of dying, in other words. The thing is, we come out damaged. You say, you know what? That mighty God that you were, that great sermon that you preached, go back to do that. Go back to being that loving husband. Going back to be that man of God or that woman of God. Whatever it is that brought you to this place Go back and do what I called you to do. I have not taken that away from you. I have not disqualified you. I have not said, you know what, you're done, amen. I'm still going to use you. I got plans for your life. Get back to work. Come on, somebody. First Kings 19.16 says this in New Living Translation. Then the Lord told him, go back the same way you came. Go back the same way you came. Come on, you, you just, you came from a great sermon. You came from a great display of power that I displayed in your life. Go back to that. And when you arrive there, anoint Hazel, the king of Aram. Anoint Jezu, the king of Israel. Anoint Elijah to succeed you as my prophet. In other words, go back and build the church. Go back and make disciples. Go back and live for me. Because you're dead in this. There's, a, there's a, a quote, one of my favorite movies. Amen. You just get busy dying or get busy living. I'm going to get busy living, church. Life is too short to sit in our depression and say, my life sucks. And start to live again start to live again, <laughs> my home, my marriage. I thank God that my wife didn't give up. I'm not saying that she didn't have bad days. I'm not saying that she gone, didn't go through a depression time or what's going on, God, or questioning God or what, what the heck's going on, God, type of thing, you know. Uh, but she kept praying until the very end. She let me go. But she let me go to God. He goes, he's your problem. You deal with him. And when she did that, guess what? He took care of the problem. <laughs> See, she was trying to fix me at times, trying to be the savior. And he had. To, she had to release me and say, "God, you promised me this man will be saved. And you're going to save him. You promised me this man. I've been praying all these years, and I know you, I didn't pray for ten long years to give up right here. God, he's yours. I'll just wait. Release me, and God just jack me up." <laughs> but in a good way. He started closing doors, doing things, exposing things, man. Just, I'm, I'm, I'm there. My hand was in the cookie jar and like, what am I do now? <laughs> I got to come straight. I, there's no more lying. I could not lie my way out of this. That's it. He put me on a path that says, okay, tell the truth. Tell the truth. Because if you don't tell the truth, you can go that way. You know what? You lose all this, kids, wife, is gone. Say bye. If you if you don't want to tell the truth right here, you cannot deny what you're going through. So tell the truth, and I'll fix it. And let me tell you, the enemy tried to take that away from me. The enemy tried to make you say, "Ah, it's not gonna work. It's not gonna work." And I was done. I was tired. You, you, aren't you just tired in life sometimes? Don't you want something different? You know, we, we, we beat ourselves in our head. We, we're trying to, and God's just saying, like, just choose me. And I came to that fork in the road, and I said, you know what, God, I'm done. The enemy's calling me over, saying, come on, man, forget that. That's not going to happen. It's done. It's broken. And God's saying, over here, one more time, one more chance, and watch me do what I need to do in your life. And I said, you know what, I'm done went that way. He says, take my hand, and let's go. Got my hand from the altar, from that church, my home church. He grabs my hand, and he takes me down those stairs. Of course, me and him had a great talk. I was discussing all kinds of things to him, and he put me at the altar. He says, give your life to me, and I'll put it all together. Now, in just a couple seconds, see that guy over there? He's going to lead you to the, the Lord. Not only that, I'm going to give you a bonus today, son, because you trusted me. That man that's going to lead you to the Lord is going to be your best friend. Let me introduce you to him. This is David Arbella. And he led me to the Lord. Came became my best friend that helped me through our situations. Why? Because my God loves me. What He said He was going to do, right from the altar to the to to from the balcony to the altar, He took care of it like that. Look, I'm gonna fix you right here. There's your friend. Boom, boom. Serve me now. My friend went to be with the Lord. He died. Man, we had some great plans to come out here and do something in Las Vegas, but he's still with me. Because everything that the Lord taught me through this man is what I teach you guys. Why? Because he loves you. See, you can't say that my God isn't real when God has been so real throughout my life. Even when I wasn't serving him. I'm going to close today, church. stop looking down and start looking up. Listen, when you're going through some things of depression, God will always send an angel. Just open your eyes. That person is there that got sent. He'll direct you back to the church, back to his word, even if it's on an iPhone, back to seeking Him, which we should have always be seeking Him. God will allow you to speak and question the situation. And God will always put you straight or open your eyes to the truth. And He'll tell you, get back to work. I got a job for you. Start living, son. Start living, daughter. Listen, church. Psychiatrists can give you Let you know the real pill is in Jesus. He can set you free.